0: So I have a, a, a song on the record called While I'm in the Wind. And um, <laughs> it's all about leaving the, like how much I have to be away from the kids and kind of yes. processing that. And it's almost like a bit of a letter to them thing like, I know this, I know this kind of sucks, but I hope you, I hope you understand.
1: Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the Greater Toronto Area on Joy Radio. And Aisha Woods, Grammy nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and
0: Aisha.
2: Episode 258, and we have a very special guest today, but before we get to that, uh, last week we had Jesse Reeves, and... uh you know, one of the songs that they've released, this, you know, collective, this, you know, living room recording sessions that they've had. One of the songs they released, of course, recently was I Speak Jesus. And yes. uh, in church yesterday, and, and I don't believe they wrote that song because I've heard newsboys do it. And I think somebody else wrote it way back when, but a great song. Um, but yesterday morning in church, they sang that. And uh, my wife said, wow, Were what an amazing song uh yes. you know who's it from and and what not and of course I remember when newsboys did it so I said newsboys and then uh, of course I forgot that uh, Jesse had done it as well so um mm-hmm. I was thinking back thinking wow what a what an amazing coincidence I guess right after chatting with Jesse so just thought I'd share that. yeah
1: it's such a powerful song I love it mm. it was it was great to know that we had a conversation with one of the writers
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah well,
1: and songwriters
2: I think it was very suitable for uh, this past Easter weekend as well. Uh, very relevant yes. song. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. I enjoyed that uh, conversation. And today's conversation is going to be another great one. So this, this guy that we're going to uh, chat with, Benjamin William Hastings, um, one of the co-writers of So Will I, 100 Billion Times, uh, Hillsong. Um, <laughs> and if he's, he's written with a lot of other uh, prolific artists and songwriters, and he's got a lot of songs under his belt that, you know, we've sung in church, even recent songs like uh, Brandon Lake's Gratitude.
1: It's um, a great song, by the way.
2: Yep, it is. Uh, the Father's House, Cory Asbury. Um, like, yeah. all these songs that he's had a hand in, uh, and part of it is because of the fact that he spent so much time in Australia with the Hillsong right. Group, uh, and then traveled all over the world, uh, recently even with uh, Chris Tomlin and United. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is a conversation we've been looking forward to. We've been actually waiting for quite a while for, for Benjamin. Uh, we've been wanting to chat with him, and it just took a while in arranging it, but we finally right. uh, got to have him. On the podcast, one of the songs that he's recently written, or, or at least recently released, uh, is a song that we're playing on the radio right now on, on my radio station. That's the "Thing About Praise," a great song as oh, well. Nice. Yeah, is
1: he? Isn't that song featuring
2: uh, "Blessing Offer"?
1: Blessing Offer. Yes, it is. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one.
2: It is a good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course we had Blessing Offer. Blessing Offer we had uh, a while back as well on the on the show. So uh, mm-hmm. now it's uh, now it's Benjamin's turn. So let's get into this conversation with Benjamin William Hastings on Between the Grooves.
0: Good morning. Hello, how are you doing? Sorry to keep you waiting. Hey, not a problem. <laughs> morning, uh, ben. How's it going?
2: You've got Good uh, morning. you've got James and Aisha here.
0: Hey guys um where are you right now? I am in LA. Oh, okay. LA. So it's a it's an early, well, probably not early. Oh, for yes. Years, but it's an early. It's an early start for me. This
2: yeah, th- that's ten that uh, o'clock. So that's seven uh, o'clock for you. Seven o'clock. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for getting up early for us. Appreciate it.
1: We're in a triangle. We're up. this call is a triangle call. It
0: is. Yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. Is
1: man, Ben, you're so you're based in LA, huh?
0: yeah I am so we um we moved here a couple of years ago not okay. we were I'm from Ireland originally and then um I lived in Sydney for ten years, which is where I met my wife kids are Australian mm-hmm. and then yeah, we um moved out here a little while ago. and why California? Uh, look, that's a good question I I think we just knew we had to make the move to the states. It could have been Nashville um but we just already had a lot of friends here um
1: Mm.
0: actually a lot of them are down in Orange County but we do have a we have a few friends that moved over with us around the same time that we all came to LA together and um that's nice and yeah yeah it just kind of made sense it also was it was um it made for a challenging first year LA is definitely a hard it's a hard city and it's Mm -hmm. it's got like a it's got a charm to it, but I think that charm takes a minute outside of like vacation mode, that charm takes a minute. as where right. actually are living. But I, I think so after buddy, after the first year, I feel like the first year was really hard and then we kind of find our feet a little bit. And I mean, mm. I think we made it hard on ourselves. We got, we, um, we, we, cause it was, cause the rent's so expensive. I was like, I was like, oh, we're not getting, we're not moving into house. So like let's just get an apartment. and um and so we got here we got two kids we have a cat and we decided to get a big dog in that time as well which is a terrible idea and so for an apartment anyways (laughs) yes i know yeah so it was just like it was a farm (laughs) in our house it was absolute chaos (laughs) and so now we got a little bit more space and um and that's definitely helped as well so are you still
2: are you still working with hillsong Mm. or have you kind of gone completely on your own now um yeah,
0: so look I it's a good cool it's a good question. I'm still doing stuff with United right um mm. and and so and those guys are definitely still I mean everyone there like still some of my best friends and and we still work together a lot and are very involved in what each other's doing um so yeah, outside of that I'm not really a hundred percent I'm still kind of if I'm being completely honest, I'm still in a phase of trying to figure that out. um, It's a bit of an interesting time. (laughs) Well,
2: definitely (laughs) an interesting time with the Hillsong organization. And and since then, like I've seen, like Taya did that, where she come up with her solo stuff, kind of uh, steering away, but still having connections with Hillsong. Because obviously if you've, Worked with and being with and being family with these this community yeah. for such a long time, then it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. You're not completely, you know, cut off or anything like that.
0: No, exactly. And th- I mean, that's the thing. We all are. Um, we really are all kind of best friends and family is maybe even a better way to put it because beyond friendship, yeah. you've got those like, especially when you just travel with people and you you do, you've literally like it is like having another. It's like this other family on the road, and we all just slotted mm-hmm. in our like roles, and um, and we toured. We United specifically toured a lot of this year. We did a run with Tomlin, and it was mm. it was awesome. It was super fun, and the band just feels like as tight as it's ever felt. And um, I mean, like if as friends musically, I'm not sure. I think we're still pretty. I think it was still pretty decent but <laughs> <laughs> as friends. <laughs> as friends, I don't think I've ever laughed as much as we did um this last year and you know i think a part mm-hmm. of that is when you go through things together like i guess we'll, like i guess we have it, it definitely does and um, it pulls you together a little bit and it forces you to have sure. honest really honest conversations and um and so we've seen a lot of that and a lot of like i guess real health in our little part of the team so yeah. um that's part of the greater thing it's all it's all a bit it's a bit complicated at the minute.
1: I hear you. you now, say. being a songwriter, have any songs come out of your experience from the last year or so?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a song on, I mean, definitely quite a few, but there's a song specifically on my record called um, Cathedrals of the Nelder Grove, which is a very, mm-hmm. um, I know it sounds like a Lord of the Rings book or something, but. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, it does.
0: <laughs> it, yeah. Gotta read it. Gotta read it. yeah um but that kind of very openly kind of dives into um a lot of my feelings towards uh a lot of the stuff that's kind of happened and things that have come out of our church and um it's i guess it's me just kind of publicly processing it um wow the reason it's called an elder grove is because i am i wrote a song a few years back called seasons which kind of featured all around sequoias and okay at the time yeah. At the time I had a, I was teaching songwriting at a college and a student came up to me and said, Hey, um, I know you're see this the song about Sequoias. And it's all about like, um, uh, the, the hook in it is like you, your, your, promise is loyal from seed to Sequoia. So the idea being like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when God gives you a promise. He doesn't give you a tree. He gives you a seed that often you got to go right. And you got to it on. And that's kind of the the idea. Um, And so it's all about this tree kind of surviving through the winter. And um, even though it looks like winter spring's coming like that kind of, that kind of idea. But he came to me and said, Hey, do you know about sequoias in the summer? And I was like, no. And um, he actually handed me a sequoia seed, which is very sweet of him. He'd he'd been on a hike and found one and said, uh, well, do you know sequoias um, the way that they reproduce? Is they actually need to catch on fire, and that's how they spread their no seeds. They catch on fire, they sh- they shred some of the bark, and hidden it behind the bark uh, is the seeds. I may be butchering uh, that huh. and biologically a little bit, but that's the concept. And so um, I just thought, well, that's incredible. And I'm at some point I'm going to have to write another <laughs> sequoia song, like for the summer version <laughs> of whatever this whatever so, this is.
2: So the California forest yeah, yeah.
0: fires are actually a good thing. Is that what you're saying, or? Well, yeah. So what's what, what's crazy is that's <laughs> right. the way. No. Well, that's that's how. I, I mean, that's essentially how God made them. And it's actually similar in um in Australia for for seeds to spread, they need the um the forest fires in the outback. Like the fire is actually nature's way of um spreading spreading the the seeds on all these. They that's like kind of how they work. So it is kind of a funny um yeah. It's a, it's a strange it's a strange concept, but it's there's a, the, the thing that I find really cool about it was, um, uh, as I was writing the song that came back to me and, um, hmm. I was like, I should look this up just to make sure this guy's for real. And, um,
1: right.
0: And as I was diving through YouTube videos, I find this one YouTube video and it maybe had like 200, what, 200 views. And it was this, it was, it was called like some sequoias of the grove or something. And, um, And I looked it up and it's this guy passionately talking um, sequoias and the way the fire. And the thing that he said that got me was um, the fire needs to be strong enough that it'll actually kill some of the mature giant sequoias. But what you get in the bargain is hundreds of times, is hundred times more giant sequoias. And I just thought, wow, what a beautiful metaphor for, you know, the fire, like the, this, the the hardships that sometimes in life we get called to like the, the the things that really produce the most fruit in our lives kind of have to have the potential to take a side, but if you endure it, um, the, the fruit of that is so substantial. And so anyway, actually, I just, I took that whole snippet. I, I find the guy's email I emailed him say hey can I use this and I took the whole snippet and just at the end of the song you hear this ecologist talking about sequoias but it kind oh, of sounds like Oh that's a awesome. And and he was good with that, eh? Yeah, he was even he was great with it. Yeah. I think he was just enamored that like the um I, I do, I, in the sense that I don't think he thought that the, the ecology lecture that he put on YouTube was going to end up in a song I right think yeah. he was taken back by the <laughs> sure um, so yeah he was he was he was happy but it was it was um yeah it was to so that that's probably the one where i have got the most raw about everything and it's very metaphorical so i think to mm-hmm. you got to kind of look to pull the different messages from it but
2: now does um, he does he get songwriting credits for that as well
0: or he he definitely <laughs> yeah. is um,
1: that's
0: wow. a good question <laughs> He was. He got like a licensing, <laughs> Sorry. A licensing credit. I think.
2: Yeah. Well. I mean, he, yeah, collecting he royalties show. and everything. Like, why not? Right. He, you know. <laughs> yeah. Never thought this lecture would go this far. You know.
1: Right. Absolutely. Great. Did he even know who? The, did he know who you are?
0: I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't think so. <laughs>
1: Yeah. uh, yeah. Well,
2: he does now because he's getting getting all these checks in the mail, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Mechanical sink. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, when you when you moved to California, did did you find that uh, from a songwriting uh, standpoint, did it allow you to spread your wings a little bit more with other songwriters?
0: Um, Yeah, you know, I've I've had the guess the privilege of getting to write um, with a lot of um, a lot of other songwriters and even artists for a while um and i feel like even since i moved to california i've been able to do less because of just how busy i've been with this um with doing my own kind of stuff now
2: oh yeah when, um, when you're going solo it's certainly a lot more work than if you're working with a group and you've got other people doing a whole bunch of stuff for you and with you
0: it, sure. yeah exactly and I, I don't think i actually realized how much work it really was but um <laughs> i am loving it but it's it's a lot like i spend a lot of time on the road and um it, yeah it's it's definitely been that that side of it's been a real challenge but there is there are some people that i still do get to write with um a lot so i'm writing a lot with brandon lake and nice we um we have a good writing history like we've written he wrote a song on my record called eden and I i helped him with gratitude and so mm. we've been working a lot on um he stuff for his upcoming project and and then I still write with a lot of the guys here like Joel and Eden and um and Taya and I wrote a bit for her last project and so I am still doing a little bit of it but not as much as I'd as I'd like to I really do love um writing like that's probably the the thing that drives me and inspires me the the most so um, you're finding yourself on the better. road
2: a lot more than you are than you would prefer because you'd rather be writing.
0: I, I think at the minute, if I was being yeah. completely honest then yeah, a uh-huh. little bit. And I, even just um you know, being away from the kids as much as I have to be at the minute and it's definitely um that's a big challenge. Actually I have a song on the record which is there's a line in "So Will I" that says, "If the wind goes where you send it, so will I." And so I have a li- a, rec- a song on the record called "While I'm in the Wind," and um, mm-hmm. it's all about leaving the like how much I have to be away from the kids and kind of yes processing that. And it's almost like a bit of a letter to them, being like, "I know this, I know this kind of sucks, but I hope you I hope you understand someday mm. what, what's happening here." Now speaking of yeah,
2: the record. Twenty-five tracks. I mean, who puts twenty-five mm-hmm. tracks on a record these days? <laughs> <laughs> like that—that's two albums there, right? Honestly, really what were you when thinking? You're a
1: prolific songwriter. You can do it, right? <laughs> oh, <25. laughs> Good night. And
2: and all the all the spoken stuff that you do on it as well. Like, because you've got you know some preludes yeah. and some you know where you talk about the song a little bit. I mean, all of that is on there as well. So it ends up being what fifty tracks or something. It's like that's 50, a, yeah. that's huge. <laughs> Good <laughs>
0: yeah. gracious. Yeah. So we have the, there's like the album, which was 25. And then we recently put out a, like a, what did I call it? It was like a deluxe, it was kind of like, called And Then Some. And that had one extra sort of new song and a bunch of acoustic versions. But then we also did like a, a commentary version, which I, from memory is called the Songwriters Edition. Damn. And it's got, yeah, every song is, um, I kind of talk about it before each one. So that one's like 50 tracks, which is, it's,
1: Wow. It's a lot. And
0: it's, it amazes me when people like I've had people come up to me the last couple of weeks being like, Yeah, I, I just like I sat there and listened to the whole thing and I was like, You're amazing that is like, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> It's that's like a I'm and listen. three uh, and a half hour commitment.
2: I think it's more yeah, exactly. It's like well I'm still <laughs> listening to your album. You know, I'm still listening.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I'm halfway
2: through. I'm I'm almost there, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. It's right. like a book. Yeah. Um No it it was the I don't think I ever fully set out. I think I thought it was. I I knew it was going to be a long album. I never set out to make it as long as it was. It was kind of. Um, I would write a song. I, I wanted it to show the full spectrum of um, my experience as a as a as a Christian, and then even just as a. It's almost like a diary entry of my life over the last three to five years. Okay, um, and it's very sort of it's very honest and and raw I, the way i've been talking about it is it's almost like too honest in some places like it's like it's a bit of an overshare in parts where i was just feeling these things i was i was definitely wrestling with my faith a lot and then i had a lot of questions of god
1: mm. and
0: i i was kind of like well if, if i'm feeling this i'm sure a lot of people feel like this and and i and i'm wrestling a lot with the um I guess like imposter syndrome of that, like for me doing what I do and um, a lot of those questions, they hit me pretty hard because I was worried that like, Hmm. well, if people knew I was feeling this or if people knew I was um, going through what I'm going through, whatever, they maybe wouldn't want me here. And
2: Hmm.
0: and yeah, it really kind of messed me up a little bit. So I basically just put a lot of those sentiments into song and really tried to articulate well, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. Um, hmm. And hopefully, if that's what you're going through, you'll maybe feel a little bit more normal about it or maybe a little less ashamed to talk about right. it or work through it. Um, and so I, I I hope it's helpful in that regard. And, and I wanted to do all that <laughs> through the lens of hope. Like there is no... Um, I didn't want to get cynical. I didn't want to get bitter. I didn't want any of that stuff. I wanted right. to point at least myself towards the... The, like something greater which is ultimately going mm-hmm. i guess but even just the idea that you know there's a way through this and right and it, yeah so i guess it just became as i wrote one song it would be like well if i'm gonna say that i've kind of got to say this as well to show the other side of that sure. and then i would write that song and i'm like, to oh, have I a resolve <laughs> exactly and so it ended up just sure. being almost like a clock like if well if i have like a like a 12 o'clock here, I've got to have a six o'clock. And then they just kept, that just kept happening until, um, until, yeah, there was 25 songs. <laughs> but, um, I know it's a lot. What was actually funny was the day before um, we were meant to hand in the record. It, we had 24 and the marketing guy, um, and we're overdue at this point, like it needs to be handed in tomorrow, everything. <laughs> and he's in a meeting with me. And as a joke, he was like, uh, you didn't go and add another song, did you? And I just, head, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do, do it. Actually, <laughs> just to like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and so I went and recorded a voice memo of my kids. Um, I have a song called Eden, which is the one that Brandon helped me with. And, um, I, uh, I said to my daughter, Hey Jeannie, what do you know about Eden? And she just replied, who's Eden. And I was like, that's perfect. And so I'd recorded it (laughs) and I just put that as like the, I think it's like the fourth track of the record or something. So that got us up to 25.
1: Oh, wow. Good, gracious. Now, do you remember what your first song was that you wrote?
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, It was a song called Homeward, which um, I wrote years ago with a friend, Brian Filer. Um, He's now like a really successful producer, engineer in Nashville and, you know, has won Grammys and he's done amazing. But he, uh, we met right at the start of, it was one of the first rights I ever did in Nashville. And he had okay. just got started. He was just getting started. Like was very, very green. And I think that the idea was, um, it was actually my manager and I that set up the session when he was A&Ring at Capitol and his, he was okay. like, I think let's just throw these two new kids together and see what happens. And um, and we and we just really hit it off. And we had a we had such a fun day, and we we wrote this song, and then we went and got barbecue pockets, and it was um, it was just it was a really special sort of connection that I was able to make really early on. But that song just kind of sat in, I guess, song purgatory for a lot of years. Like it, it, it was nearly I like on
1: that <laughs> song
0: purgatory.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far it was as like
0: um. Yeah, it was nearly on like a lot of a lot of different records. It was nearly on the United Empire's record. And then it was nearly on oh, I can't remember. It was nearly on Wonder. But then we did So Will I Instead, which I'm grateful for. Um, mm. And so and so but I've always felt a deep connection to it. And so I am um, I wanted to make sure that I had a way to to get it out there. So that was one of the first. It was actually the first song that I that I put out when when I did kind of come to to do my own thing
2: as far as as far as hitting it off with other co-writers um for some reason you were you were not able to do that with your wife um yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i mean you started writing with her and it just didn't i i gotta say my wife is not musically inclined she has no interest in radio um, and if I'll be honest, she really can't even carry a tune very well. And yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of prefer that, you know, versus both of us doing the same thing. So I can understand if there yeah. would a friction with you writing music with your wife.
0: <laughs> yeah, completely. Well, and she's like a, um, she's a, she's an author. And so we both, like, we, we both definitely connected over our love for words and, mm. um, our, our passion in that. But then when we actually sat down to write together, it was definitely a bit of a disaster. And she, she <laughs> probably more on her, because she's very quick and very just like, it comes into your head. She puts it on the page. She moves on and she'll it's, edit it. Down the it's line, it's done. Yeah, very, exactly. Yeah. It's very fluid. And to her credit, it pretty much comes out almost perfect. So, uh, whereas I am, I'm like that for the first 70%. But then
1: mm.
0: I really labor over the next uh, thirty. So I might write most of a song in four hours, but then the other, the next, the next thirty percent might take like four years. Like so, <laughs> she was very oh, frustrated wow. by that process. Oh, and, I, you would be buddy, driving yeah. her nuts.
2: <laughs> I could just see it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: See, <laughs> so, yeah, we don't do that anymore. Maybe one day, but I'd, yeah, it might be better for our marriage if we just keep it.
2: So she gives you your space <laughs> and you give her hers for her craft.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely.
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> did you ever think when you were young and young enough that you were busking on the streets, did you ever think yeah. that your career would go to where it is
0: now? Um, no. No, not at all. I mean I think I always I definitely always wanted to be doing some version of, of what I'm doing now. Um but you know i never actually i don't know if i ever thought that would really happen um and it, it is kind of with with busking would everyone would everyone know what busk I, f- I find that word to be some people definitely know what it is and then some people are like what does that mean <laughs> which to anyone that doesn't it's like uh it's kind of like street performing yeah street a performer you got
2: the guitar right. case open people throw in money if they like yeah. what you're doing that sort of thing Yeah.
0: Exactly, you kind of sing aggressively at them until they until they pay you for it. Right, um, <laughs> and so so that yeah, that was my job all through my um, all through my teens, and it was. I actually, I'm really grateful for it. I highly recommend it for anyone that's trying to get into music because there's no better way to learn how to read um, a room, I guess, than than doing that because mm. your room is constantly moving. So you've got ten seconds to kind of read it and um, that's really interesting yeah and try to speak into it and and you also have to it, do, it develops a confidence in you that um that i think is is, is an important skill to have because because i actually feel probably more comfortable now just standing on stage with just myself and an acoustic than i even do mm-hmm. with a big band because i have just i just did it for so many years um out in the cold like up against the telephone box in mm-hmm. the um and so yeah I it is it is crazy and it's really, what I love is going back to belfast and seeing kids like in their teens doing the same thing and i always love to sit and listen for a bit and you know throw them some throw them some money and encourage them
2: certainly um, reading the room is is a, one way to look at it and i think the other thing too is it it's very um what's the word i'm looking for it's very um you know, you you don't have huge crowds, like you have to earn the crowds, right? Exactly. Uh, and, yes. And, yes, it, indeed. and it doesn't happen necessarily overnight and it doesn't necessarily happen on any, any particular day. I mean, obviously you've got to have talent, you know, that raw talent that people appreciate, people that can uh, relate to what you're singing about. Um, mm-hmm. And especially if it's in a busy area where people are commuting or moving fast past you all the time, you can't necessarily get that crowd. So it's very humbling.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. You know, the first time um, this is a funny story. I've been kind of sharing on tour a little bit to uh, you, it'll make sense in a second where one time I was on um, I was busking down in Grafton Street, which is in Dublin. It's kind of like the main street in Dublin. It's where that movie once was filmed. It's like a busking. OK. And um, anyway, I'm out there with my guitar case and I'm doing my thing and all of a sudden it starts raining and, you know, it rains every day in Ireland. So that's not a big deal. But it, it was like this day, it was properly like bucketing, as we would say. Like it's it's really, wow. the rain is really coming down. And so everyone kind of runs in under the shop awnings in order to take cover from the rain. And I look around and realized for, for the first time in my little life, I have this like captive audience, probably like 150 people.
2: That's awesome. That That's are, great. <laughs> that stuck
0: there. So I was like, OK, well, what am I going to do? I got to do something special to kind of wow them. And I was like, well, it's raining. It'd be funny if I sing, when the sun shines, we'll shine together. I told you, Abby. Yeah.
1: So anyway, <laughs> i started thinking
0: that and a few people are smiling and laughing and whatever. And I, it's feels like it's going well. and I'm getting good engagement from the crowd. And so I have this picture in my mind. I'm going to get to the end of the chorus and it, the whole Grafton Street is going to erupt in song. Like it's like a, it's like a musical. Mm. That, that's what and I would have thought. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so I get there, and I'm like, come on, everybody, under my umbrella, Ella, and I leave it for them to sing, and not a single person, it was Nobody, <laughs> no not, A, 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 no, no A, <laughs> They absolutely left me hanging, and not only not only did they leave me hanging, but they actually started walking into the shops that they didn't even want to go into. <laughs>
1: and
0: ever since then, I've had a a deep rooted trauma that I would try to like, uh, you know, like elicit a response from a a crowd or a congregation, and they wouldn't go with me, which is not the best. It's not the best trauma to wear when you're a, a worship leader.
2: It sounds like but, a nightmare, actually. Uh,
0: right yeah <laughs> <It really was. laughs> i learned my lesson there.
2: yeah very humbling well thank you so much benjamin for uh hanging with
0: us of course thank you guys i really appreciate it thank you for making time and um, hopefully talk again soon
2: sounds great thanks benjamin okay take care all right all the best you Bye. too
1: you too bye-bye what a great conversation with benjamin oh yeah um, you know and it makes me think you know i've got a benjamin right
2: one of your kids?
1: Yeah. Yeah, my second son. His name is Benjamin. We call him Benji for short. I wonder if anybody calls Ben uh, Benji. We could have.
2: We could have. And see if we get away (laughs) with it, right?
1: (laughs) Right. Well, listen, if you want to find out more about what's going on with Benjamin, um, his whereabouts, his songs, and all that good stuff, you can visit his website. And it's BenjaminWilliamHastings.com.
2: Awesome. And now before we go, some advice from David from Elevation Rhythm.
0: I would say be yourself. Uh, You have been uniquely designed for um, the purpose that only you can fulfill. And when you try and imitate other people that you look up to, you're just giving them a lesser brand them. I think if God has called you specifically, He has designed you, He's given you all the quirkiness, all the crazy things you do, because He wants you to be authentically yourself and what you bring to worship, no one else can emulate. And so don't try to be someone else. If you can just embrace who God has created you to be, you will be everything that you need to be. So that's what I would tell them.
1: I second that emotion. That's so how good it's so necessary because even in christian music and radio you think radio and a lot of times when artists and songwriters go to a writing session they have in their minds this is a song that we want to push to radio Mm -hmm. so automatically you have in your mind okay this This is the radio format.
2: This is these are the parameters. Yeah,
1: right. When in fact we should just go in with the mindset, just like David shared. Do it the way that God gave it to you. He he made us unique, and um, and embrace that uniqueness. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what sets us apart and. That's great advice. I
2: don't think, based on your comment about uh, writing a song for radio, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, though. Writing a song Mm -hmm. for radio, if that's your intent and if that's what you believe was intended for that song originally, Mm -hmm. whether it was a co-write or a solo, whatever. But don't let that limit you if it goes somewhere else. And quite frankly, after you've written the song, maybe you're gonna end up coming up with a radio edit anyways. So this is the sure. song, and then if you are still going to push it to radio, this is the radio version of it. And you see songwriters or artists do that all the time. Or labels, yes, I suppose. Sure. It's really the labels, I think, doing most of that. But
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can remember early on, um, writing just because I'm a songwriter, mm-hmm. And then um, after having been on a label, when I would go to a a writing session, I had that in the back of my mind. And so I I feel like it kind of restricted me to a certain extent. And um, really having to be in a, a healthy place in my mind when I went to write, golly, if I had someone saying this before I went into a session to write, I think it would have been a lot more helpful for me. Yeah.
2: Not as limiting. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. David from Elevation Rhythm, and many thanks to Benjamin William Hastings for joining us all the way from California on today's edition of Between the Grooves. And we would love to hear from you as well if you've got any questions uh, for us. You know, I thought to myself... Myself, I thought. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people have questions about us, right? About you, Aisha, yeah, or about yeah. me, James. Uh, so, if you've any got any questions about us, about our lives, or whatever, feel free to ask them. But we ask love em. we love hearing the questions about artists and some of the comments that they've made and some of the comments that we shouldn't have made. Um, so, feel <laughs> free to comment wherever yeah. you listen to your uh, podcasts, and don't forget to. Do a quick little follow wherever you are on your socials, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram.
1: Thanks for listening to Faith Strong Today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends, rating our podcast, or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime, hello at faithstrongtoday.com.